I want to thank our sponsor, Planet Ford. Planet Ford has always been a proud supporter of law enforcement in the community, providing customer service and fleet management, sales and service. If you're looking for that personal quality service, contact Planet Ford in spring or online at planetford.com. You're listening to Crime Scene Today, where we talk about current issues facing law enforcement, forensic, and crime scene investigations. Joining me today, we have Joe Manns, who uh, works at the fire marshal's office and has been a in EMS and dispatch and fire and police for uh, many years and just uh, really respect his opinion. And so, Joe, uh, just to give some insight, obviously the big topic right now that's going on is the COVID virus, how it's affecting everybody and and law enforcement in general. So what's happening uh, in your world at the fire marshal's office and and, uh, bomb squad and all that good stuff? What's happened with y'all's roles? Well, hey, Dan. Um, So with us, with the fire marshal's office, Montgomery County Fire Marshal's office, we uh, have two separate divisions. We've got an investigation division and we have an inspection division. Uh, the investigation is the fire investigations. We're considered after the fire, where the inspections division is before the fire. Um, for my side, the investigations division, it's pretty much been business as usual. Um, you know, still call responses, still going out to, to calls, things like that. Um, for our inspections uh, side of the house, they have been uh, limited as to what they can do as far as going out and doing business inspections and things like that. I know they are still doing uh, a lot of visits to the uh, construction sites, things like that. You know, people are still able to submit their plans, building plans, things like that. That sort of stuff is still being handled. But uh, a group of the folks from our inspections division have been temporarily reassigned to the health department, assisting those folks with um, contacting people who have been either exposed uh, to the coronavirus or have been positive. So, so basically, uh, we, we've seen the news, we've seen the stats and stuff where it comes back and uh, I would imagine, obviously, I'm only speaking to the experience of uh, Montgomery County, Harris County, surrounding areas, but uh, I would imagine it's the same in anywhere that when we have somebody that's positive or otherwise that uh, they put out some stats on it, right? Like they're between 40 and 49 and it was uh, because of travel, it was because of social contact or these type of things. So basically, uh, your, your guys have been pulled over there to sort of do that research then. That is correct. So um, when uh, a person suspects that they have been exposed or they're not feeling well and they have been tested by their uh, physician, when the results come back, uh, they will notify the patient that, you know, they're negative or positive. And if they are positive, they also will notify the health department as well. And so the health department will reach out to those folks and they will do, at the very beginning, they were doing, uh, you know, the, the background. Okay, where do you work? Who have you been around, you know, in the last 10 days? Uh, you know, that sort of stuff. Uh, who do you live with? You know, things like that. Has anybody else around you been sick? Uh and so trying to run that down, but I think you get to a point when the numbers start getting so high, it's really not 
feasible to do that anymore. Sure. And so, you know, they still keep up with them. You know, we have a uh, a senior living facility here that has had, uh, you know, several of their elderly residents uh, turn out positive. So those folks are being closely watched. Uh, they are in the, the highest of the target group for you know, becoming really ill from the virus. Uh, so, you know, those folks are being watched and, you know, taking their temperatures twice a day, uh, reporting back, things like that. Uh, so, you know, working, our, our health department has been working very closely with those folks. Uh, I believe at one point um, they, you know, had even had to quarantine the facility because there was still too much movement in and out, things like that, and these folks were really susceptible to it. So now, have you seen any increase as far as in in arson and in the investigation side of, of what you're doing? Is that decreased or just stayed the same? Where's well, that sort of at? Yeah, it's about the same. Um, and you know, with with our business, it um, it really kind of goes in spells. And when I say that, meaning. Um, you know, when the seasons change, you know, when you go in from, you know, fall to winter, we see an uptick in fires. Then when we go from uh, spring into summer, and especially as, you know, things start drying out, uh, we see a lot more, you know, uh, outdoor fires, stuff like that. The house fires, things along those lines um, have been, you know, about the same. So uh, I think with more people being home, um, you know, the chances of, you know, the, the really big fires taken off um, have subsided a little bit. You know, somebody's there, somebody's watching it, um, you know, catching it while it's still early kind of thing. So we still, you know, we've still running the arson calls. We're still making arrests um, and, you know, working with the prosecutor on the type of case we had, uh, you know, we had a, a guy get mad at his car, set it on fire in a church parking lot. His car, his car broke down and he just decided he was going to be angry. Did, did that solve and, his uh, anger? Was he not angry <laughs> after the car was gone? Is it? Well, when we were going, I think actually the fire did him a favor. <laughs> but the, uh, uh, you know, it was a legitimate, you know, felony arson charge on the vehicle because it was, it happened on property belonging to another. Right. You know, it wasn't a, a, you know, it was a coincidence that the spot he just happened to break down at was a church. But, um, you know, it was nothing directed at the church, right. uh, anything like that. But, you know, so we still write the case, still submit the case. And when things start settling down, you know, the warrant will be out there and we pick them up on the warrant. You know, go through the system that way. So, I mean, now that's just brings up a, a question. It's sort of interesting. So, um, so now this there was no lien on the car. He owns his car. 
I mean, what, I, what, what I'm getting Correct. at is obviously if you own your own car and you would like to burn your own car on your property and you're not claiming insurance, uh, and I guess that that fire does not go outside and damage other people's stuff, that in and of itself is not against the law. Correct. As long as no public safety people were injured or anything like that, um, you know. Uh, and you can burn your stuff all you'd like, I guess. But well, I mean, there's there's still things out there. You know, the um, uh, TCEQ, the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality. You know, they they have problems when you do that sort of stuff. So. Um, you know, but that's their realm. They're the regulatory people on that. Usually, we don't ever have, you know, interactions with them unless it's something, you know, um, like continuous nuisance burning, you know, people burning garbage, things like that. And that's where, you know, they're the enforcement for, you know, several years ago, we had a big problem with landscapers. They would go out into the neighborhoods, they would trim the trees, they would cut down trees, they would uh, load all of that stuff up in their uh, landscaping trailer and take it back to their own property and then burn it off. Well, that's against the law. That actually falls under illegal dumping. And, you know, you get neighbors that call because, you know, somebody's continually burning. And so, you know, we have to go out there and make the contact with them. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll pass that information on, you know. But if they're burning, like, household garbage, things like that, you know, we can cite them. We can write them a ticket for, you know, household refuge in Montgomery County is, um, you know, a class C offense. So we'll, we'll write a ticket and send it to the JP. So now as far as... Uh far as the COVID thing, obviously we've, we've had, um, you know, uh, so when all this started going down, as far as our, our restrictions and people being in quarantine, staying at home and whatever, it's brought up, uh, I say, you know, some issues for police, but I mean, when it first came out, you know, we, you know, we talk about, uh, issues facing law enforcement, you know, and that was the first question I had when they said, okay, uh, close your business, stay at home, no bars open, you know, many of us were sitting here, okay, or what, right? Because, because as police, we know what's coming, right? It, the, when you, when you tell them not to do anything, we're the enforcement part, right? Right. And right. so, so we know whatever we've come up with, we're going to be the ones that have to go and deal with it. And, um, and I know that's led to some, some hot topics that are, that are going on currently. And that's, you know, we have, uh, certain essential businesses that are open, uh, that people are going to, we have non-essential that are closed and, you know, you have, uh, the reality of another issue we're starting to look at in law enforcement is, you know, quarantine's been, what are we, about four weeks into this now? Uh, yes. You know, and so when you're talking to a person that's an hourly wage at a business, uh, whether that business has been cut so far back they had to cut people or whether you aren't allowed to go in, um, you know, let's just face it. So many people live paycheck to paycheck, and even if they're decent with their finance, they may have uh, two paychecks ahead, right? You know, for hard times or something that comes up. Uh, Without a doubt. You know, so uh, now you're four weeks down with no money. 
Um, you know, many people have, have gotten the stimulus check or, or whatnot, but that's a one-time thing that, again, is that covering you for a month of rent? Uh, your car That's note? a band-aid. Yeah, uh, you know, so uh, it, it's not solving big things. So I really expect to see, um, you know, an increase in thefts and robberies and those type of things as as, um, as we've seen. Uh, luckily, we haven't. I really have not seen anything more uh, than we normally get uh, for robberies and thefts. But I can say as it continues, I could certainly see that being, uh, mean, where people feel desperate, right? Sure. Um, and I think a lot of it for mainly um, for the street patrol guys, uh, you know, I don't do street patrol, but I think it also puts them in an uncomfortable situation, too. You know, they I think they understand people are, you know, going stir crazy too, just wanting to get out, go about things like that. And, you know, when they're doing things they're not supposed to, I, you know, I think their first approach is to. Go up, be nice. Hey, I'm sorry, you know, but yeah, you know, due to this order in place, we can't do this anymore. And luckily, you know, and we, I know there's. We haven't had a lot of problems with, at least in Montgomery County, we haven't. I haven't heard of many, and I mean, the, the guys come back I haven't tell, either. telling the stories. It's Everyone has really been uh, cooperating and uh, just doing a, a great job at, uh, at following uh, the order and, and just taking care of their families and themselves. And, and I think we see the result of that by just the numbers uh, that we see. I think those numbers would be drastically different if, if that was not the case. But I think there's been maybe one or two occasions that the officers had to swing by and say hey uh you can't do this right now and and just you know there's right uh, i know that uh, there's the media spin on it uh which you know we we stay away from on on the show and sort of give more realistic view of what cops really think and and that's you know the the media spinning that you know we're running in and arresting people for for these things but the reality is i i don't personally know of any arrest that have been made uh most of them are handled with a conversation of, hey, you need to move on. We can't do that right now. And their they're understanding, as you said, they're, they're just bored, right? They're, they want to get out. They're stir crazy and, and want something to do. You know, and I will say this. I think a lot of it has to do with our community. Um, I think we live, you know, Montgomery County um, is exceptional. This is a great place to live. And we have, you know, really, really great folks. And just being out and about in uniform, the vast majority of people are incredibly nice. Uh, you know, uh, I can think of three times that, you know, somebody anonymous has bought our lunch. You know, we're standing, you know, trying to get our food to pick up and somebody else has paid for it and they've already left. We, you know, haven't had a chance to even thank them. But there were, you know, countless times people will stop you. Um, you know, I was in the grocery store just this afternoon on the way home and uh, you know had two people stop me and just want to talk you know how are you doing and that just that was real that was interesting you know and you talk about it and uh, I'm fortunate that I you know I don't have anybody in my family who has been uh, stricken no nobody has been sick um, so you know, I don't see, from my aspect of it, 
um, I don't see all the negativity like that is being reported in the news against the police, things like that. But I think they're cherry picking those one off encounters. Right. Well, and, you know? and there's also a difference. We've talked about that before as far as what uh, what we're used to seeing. And, and there is there's a different attitude. And there's a different um, opinion of police depending on what part of the u.s you're in and i guess uh what what you're used to dealing with um because i I know i I think i told the story before that uh we were having a class and we had an instructor who was from uh out of state and they they sort of apologized or said hey you know i'm sorry for all that y'all are going through and everybody just looks around each other like we're not we're not going through anything. Our, our community support us. We, you know, we get food delivered to us all the time. There's, you know, extremely supportive, you know, there's uh, one or two that uh, may have a difference of opinion, but uh, not anything like, uh, like we see. And again, what we're seeing is what the media is reporting. Right. I mean, uh, so, but I haven't encountered that, nor have I heard from any of the street guys, you know, that we encounter, I haven't heard any of that come back. So uh, if it has happened, I'm unaware of it. Yeah, no, I think we have a great relationship here. It's it's uh, you know it's different than you know where you see some stories out of out of New York and, and other places like that. But you know, and that that sort of brings to another point is as the as around the nation, people are are hollering for solutions to uh, to the virus and whether we need to you know open the gates or we need to change what we're doing and the economy that's failing and the impact that's happening with it. And, and certainly all of those are, are big concerns, right? And I mean, um, you know, we're stationed here out of out of Texas and uh, I know worldwide everyone has seen the, the oil market this past week. And so certainly in Texas, we're gonna have a, a huge hit from that and people are going to uh, suffer many losses uh, um, that are involved in that industry. You know, but I think that that is also specific to, to an area and, you know, I think you brought up a point before as far as uh, uh, what life will be like, you know, after this. And, you know, the, the reality is, is there, there's not uh, there's not a time frame of an after this. You know, there's there's not a vaccine. There's not a cure. There's not a there's not a date that, you know, in two weeks in, in mid-May that um, virus is gone. Come on outside and go back to norm. Right. Well, you can't hide from it. I mean, it, it's there. Um, and I'm sure just like many other people, what happens in the fall? You know, if the data, if the information that we know currently about this virus um, is accurate, the tends to die off and be less prevalent in the warmer climates. Uh, they're rapidly approaching that. Uh, now so what happens in you know um september october you know when it starts breaking and it starts coming back you know typical flu season you know uh, you know do you right do we go back do we go back into shutdown do we do the the whole thing again is it you know and and again you know you talk about the warm client and it dying off well does it completely die off right you know is it is it truly gone you know um but i think that 
um, you know, at the end of this, there, there's going to be uh, a change in uh, the way that that we do some things. You know, maybe uh, wearing wearing a mask and uh, uh, gloves, or sanitizing, or washing your hands, and and all the many things that you can just do to protect yourself at times. I think you know may become uh, sort of the norm for a little while, even though as we go back to our our jobs and and work and and do our normal things. I think a lot of that stuff we learned in kindergarten, didn't we? Right, yeah. <laughs> you know? We got a lot of things from kindergarten, right? Was there's was, was a book, everything, everything I Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten or something? So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I saw an interesting meme uh, yesterday. It kind of cracked me up. It says, I can go into a store and I can't find any toilet paper, but I can buy three barrels of oil for a dollar. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Actually, I think it's less now. They'll pay you to store that oil. <laughs> I think you gotta go pick it up or something but exactly so but um yeah it's it's been interesting um you know everybody i've spoken to um i mean nothing like this has ever happened in the history of our country and i think a lot of it has to do with you know um the culture of your community how people weather it how people go through it things like that um you know it's just it's hard when looking for information and you're looking for news uh you know who to believe who's right who's not right right who's who's not pushing an agenda right exactly well um, you know and i think in our day and time um, news is now a commodity. It's a product. Oh, by and all I'd even heard somebody say that um, the news is now becoming, you know, a pastime. You know, it used to be sports and, you know, people getting in on that. But now it's just politics everywhere you turn. And, you know, we all have our own beliefs. And, you know, I think, honestly, just... You know, if you have a difference, sit down and talk with somebody. You know, have that uh, have that open discussion. You know, attack the subject, not the person. Well, I think that, uh, and, and that's a great point. But I think the other all, uh, point to that also is just because someone says it. Go find some other sources, right? I mean, without a doubt, you see so many people yeah. that they tune into one source. They say it, they believe it, that's it, or whatever. And you know, go find your other source. I've, you know, it's so. Uh, funny when someone will say something you know i believe this because of this okay well where's your source where'd you get that from right right you know, well so and so well, and you know you know when i see a lot of that stuff you know i get online just like everybody else and i see stuff and you know when you start looking at people um i don't do social media uh, personally, but I do have a Twitter account, you know, where I follow the Astros, things like that. And a lot of stuff comes up into my feed where, you know, people are are just seething mad over a comment. Oh, yeah. Yes. And I was all, well, how do you know that's true? You know, you are... You know, you're taking somebody else's. You're getting mad for somebody else. You don't even know if it's true or not. You know, well, here's something and, that, that I learned uh, just uh, recently, a past year or so, and I think it's a, a change in the media. But it it really brings to light what we're sort of dealing with, and that currently there are some reporters that are hired, and they do not receive a paycheck. 
they receive except for what is clicked on. Basically, when they do a story, if their story is clicked on, depending on how many times it's clicked on, is how much they get paid, right? They get paid per click. So they put a sensational yeah. headline for the purpose of you clicking. I mean, and it'd be something as, as simple as, you know, uh, schools closed indefinitely. Okay. And so obviously, I mean, you're clicking on that, right? And then what it says is that schools will be closed until they figure out a plan for the virus or whatever, which that's what indefinitely means is that, you know, for an undetermined amount of time, right? So it's, it's an accurate statement, but it's there to catch your attention, to click on it and to sensationalize that particular title. And so you see that over and over because that's how they're getting paid. And if your family depended on someone clicking on that story, to pay for your food, pay for your rent. I mean, that's sort of what we've driven this uh, media source to, right? But what I'm also seeing is those people who just read that headline and put their own spin on it without ever having read the story. No, that's true. Yeah. You know? And it's it's uh, certainly, uh, again, back to the, um, you know, focusing on one media or focusing on uh, one person that's that's telling this without actually uh, going out and find your own narrative. And I mean, I could give some people the best medical advice right now, and that's if you turned off social media and the news for about a week, your blood pressure probably be better, your pulse probably be better. <laughs> right. You know, uh, there's other exactly. people in your house you go talk to. They're no, they're your family, yeah. uh, by the way. If you haven't, yeah, you, you start liking people again. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's, you know, and that's uh, one comment I've made as far as uh, as far as this uh, virus and stuff is as many bad things have come out of it our our economy and people being hurt from out of work and and then just the directness of people actually getting sick from this virus i think the return to home where people are spending time with their family or getting to know their kids as much as they may uh, gripe about the homeschooling or, or otherwise but i mean let's be honest you should have been helping your kids all along with their schoolwork right uh you, oh, without a doubt. you you should have been spending time so i mean i'm hoping they are you know how many more home cooked meals are we having versus eating out you know um those type of things and not saying not to support our our local businesses but um getting back to some at home um just interaction and and uh those type of things i think i hope some of those still stay as we as we go on right sure um you know keeping the you know the momentum up with the parents becoming more involved in their kids hopefully you know we'll get less child discipline calls well and the one thing you know people always ask um you know in doing the internet crimes against children and and crimes against children in general is a very specific area I've, i've been involved in in a while and we talk about the grooming uh how does a child end up there and uh, usually a common link, and it, it has nothing to do with socioeconomic. It has nothing to do with whether uh, rich, poor, or otherwise. It's many times uh, how involved or how connected uh, they feel uh, to their family, their loved ones, these type of things. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, uh, someone who has had this happen, that the parents have done something wrong. I'm just saying that uh, what we find as a common thread is that they're able to move into this child's life because no one else was there or they did not get the attention or they didn't feel they were getting something 
from their parent or other loved one, right? And that's that seems to be a common Without theme. a doubt. You know, it's not always the case, but that seems to be a common theme on it. Well, and also, too, the culture has changed as well. And when I say that, uh, when I was a kid, uh, you know, I grew up in, you know, the 80s. My parents, mainly my father, was uh, a step ahead of my brother and I. You know, uh, he, I think he knew what we were going to do before we did it and head us off at the pass kind of thing. But there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a single time um, that we really thought we could get away with anything. You know, he, uh, you know, we didn't understand it at the time. Uh, that was a lot of times he was mad at us and we were mad at him, but we didn't understand it. But now as a grown adult, oh my gosh, yeah, I see everything that he did and, um, you know, really appreciate it. But, you know, it was that that same family unit, you know, dinner was at a certain time every night and you will be at the table. No excuses. And the TV was off and, you know, whether or not we spoke to each other or not, but we were all at the table, you know, having dinner. You know, it's not, you know, I think, uh, you know, times considerably from the, uh, it, it, well, not just times, but I think it's each individual family because I, I do know several families that still do that. But well, uh, and sometimes it's not just a value thing. I know there's many families out there that would love to do that, but they're they're working two jobs, three jobs, or whatever, and I mean they're making ends meet. So it's it's not uh, saying that um, it's always a choice, but um, but there's others that it is. There's others that um, uh, they come into the house and and uh, don't actually interact uh, everybody's on their phone or ipad or computer or, or otherwise and and you know everyone's just snacking eating when they can and uh, do not have that that purposeful time to have a conversation well I, I think a lot of it too is even just basic supervision and when i say that meaning I have made numerous calls, you know, on the bomb squad side where, you know, we've had kids, you know, go out and that made a pipe bomb. And once, you know, we get out there, start the investigation, we'll go back and get a warrant, go back to the house. And it's surprising how much bomb making components or, you know, you can tell that this device was assembled in a bedroom in that house. You know, it just blows me away that the parents had no clue. Exactly. Exactly. Because I can tell you now, there's not one single time that I thought I'd be able to build a bomb in my house and my dad not know it. (laughs) You know, that sort of stuff. And I just like, wow. You wouldn't have to worry about the bomb anymore. (laughs) uh, No, no, no. He was that old adage, you got in trouble in school, you got it worse when you got home. Yeah. Right. I spent a lot of time in that bedroom, by the way. (laughs) Well, and I know that uh, also during this time, I mean, and that brings up uh, another point as far as, you know, we've we've had an increase in uh, family violence. We've had an increase in child abuse. And I know that uh, there's one article that that I looked at uh, this week that uh, one of the uh, concerns, or I guess one of the things that they 
uh, feel has led to this was that one of the safety nets that we have in place for these children uh, is gone and that's school uh, normally by them going to school and uh, the number that they put in the article and I can't remember what uh, source I had to look it up again but it was uh, stating that about 70% of the cases at least from this area 70% of the cases were reported from schools so think about that we're possibly right. missing 70% of child abuse cases because currently they're not in school and that's a time that either one they feel comfortable to talk to a counselor they may see an injury that they question or they have formed that relationship with the student the student feels comfortable enough to talk to the to the teacher so um, you know one of the uh, big and huge disadvantage for our children right now uh, as they're not in school uh, you know we talk about the homeschooling and online schooling and all that but there's there's some children that are in uh, real danger and real trouble right now that uh, you know hopefully uh, there's other avenues that we're able to find these children agreed and I think that what compounds it is when they consider the liquor store an essential business right. <laughs> <laughs> you know um, I, like I said I don't and about the only time I hear things of that nature are when um, you know it's brought up in the news you know not being you know the street patrol guy um, I don't you know I don't see it day to day but I also feel as though you know the, the school should know who those target kids are and at least have some sort of system in place to check on those kids and be able to uh, you know just see how they're doing well-being um, you know one of my co-workers his wife works um, for the Children's Safe Harbor and they have Which, been for those that don't know that's our, our child advocacy center uh, in Montgomery County yes and so they were trying to find webcams oh they're so gone they could yeah, so that they could do, yeah, you can't find a webcam anywhere. And they were looking to do that so they could do their face-to-face -face visits via, you know, webcam. And uh, that's been a real struggle. Yeah, no, I think they were the third thing to go. It was uh, it was Lysol, toilet paper, and then webcams. I'm, I'm not positive why in that order, but that was, that was the order for hoarding. So... <laughs> yeah, with every Zoom meeting that's out there now, the webcams were gone. I uh, I pulled up Best Buy the other day, and they, um, yeah, they're sold out of everything. And and on top yeah. of that, if you wanted to buy it from a a third party or you know a non reputable as I would call them, best besides Best Buy, Amazon, anybody outside of the uh, the norm, they were like four hundred dollars a piece for a sixty dollar webcam. Yeah, you're gonna get gouged on eBay, but you know there's somebody out there with four hundred dollars. So, right. you know, uh, yeah, it's a fifty-fifty chance that you know somebody will buy it or not. But um, I, you know, I haven't had to um, do any type of video conferencing or anything like that as of yet. But you know, I also have my, you know. My computers, you know, laptops have Got webcams the webcam built in. Yeah, but yeah, that was uh, it. Was interesting, you know, trying to find, you know, 
they were asking anybody if they knew anyone that had access to webcam. And I just thought, wow, I didn't uh, didn't even think of that. So but, do we do we yeah. know if they found them yet? Have they have they gotten their supply that they need? I haven't heard yet. Um, I can check on that, but no, I, I do not know if they got them or not. Well, certainly quick shout out. If anybody has some webcams they want to give to our Child Advocacy Center in Conroe, Texas, just uh, pull up Safe Harbor, Conroe, Texas uh, online, and there's uh, places to donate. Volunteers, give them a call, and uh, they would love to uh, have you donate those if you have a couple extra lying around. I'm sure that they'd be beneficial. So, absolutely. Yeah, it's you know it's things that we don't think about, um, you know, um, such as the the webcams, the Zoom meetings, and all things. I know that uh, you know most of the kids have gone online with their learning, and uh, I know that a lot of the schools were handing out um, laptops, Chromebooks, those type of things that you know, they have the webcams and stuff built in, but those still were on a first come first serve basis. I mean, at no point do I think any school ever budgeted or scheduled for um, every student come pick up a laptop right you know so uh, I'm not sure what you do when you have the student that that doesn't have them again um, you know love for our community I think everybody worked it out real well and uh, people that had access to any other way of doing it didn't go get one so the people who needed it could could get those well, and now that school is canceled through the remainder of the school year, um, getting getting that equipment back to the schools. Well, it's you know, it's not really canceled. It's you you're not going to a physical building, but uh, like correct, they're correct. they're still getting assignments and they're still doing that. So now, uh, to your point, I, I don't know what happens at the end of May. I think that was the normal uh, deadline for school. I'm not sure what happens then as far as them getting them back to the school, but um, I'm sure it'll probably be the same. Just a, a drive through, hand off, check off uh, with their books and and everything else. But uh, certainly the longest spring break I have ever seen. So. Without a doubt. Well, I was wondering about this um, just this afternoon, how this is going to change the way we work in our country. I mean, are we going to start telecommuting more, you know, more people being able to do stuff from home rather than driving into an office? You know, if you're doing the clerical stuff, obviously, if you're doing the hands-on stuff, you need to be there. But... Um, you know how that's going to change a lot and I was thinking how many IT industries have you know completely revamped their models you know for example prior to this thing I'd never heard of Zoom before right. but it seems to be the default standard now that everybody you know the de facto standard rather that everybody is going to uh, for their online meetings. Well, and they had a, a huge uh, a growth issue as anyone would expect. I think the um, uh, it was either the PR guy, CEO, either way, a representative from from Zoom had made the statement that prior to the virus, they were doing about uh, they had about two million. Uh, customers as far as accounts and stuff when the virus hit they immediately jumped up to 20 million so you know being an IT guy the the structure behind creating that to to have your business um, you know boom from 2 million to 20 million uh, in a week uh, and obviously had the the growing pains and the security risk and all oh. the many things that uh, they've been dealing with on there they're in yeah I was gonna say the infrastructure alone would be just absurd 
But it's uh, it, it has been the standard. It's um, and I agree with you. I, I'm I'm curious to see how many people that have been working from home that those companies will not evaluate that and say, uh, can this be the norm? You know, uh, can can a majority of the stuff be done from home, uh, limiting overhead? Uh, and be just productive. I think that's always been sort of the outlying question that that seems to be the argument is someone working from home will not be as productive as them going to the office. And I think this may have been sort of a, a test, for lack of a better term, of whether uh, that could work. And I think that uh, it could be beneficial in many areas to to have uh, well, people working. From I was. Home. I've done the work from home thing um, prior to my law enforcement, and I worked as a, uh, a program account manager for the 911 program and doing 911 database. And I did work from home, and it, I'll be honest, it's overrated. I, you know, you typically find yourself working, you know, um, 10, 12 hour days. Uh, you know, when the highlight of your day is to get up and go check your mail, stuff like that. Uh, you know, uh, from my understanding, the people who do that, you know, have done it for years. Their secret is to get up, take a shower, shave, get dressed, just like you're going into the office. Just yeah, you, so that you, you make don't a regular up. schedule. Right. Yeah. So you don't end up being that guy, you know. Um, but I did have that discussion, you know, with my, my former boss. And I asked him, I said, how do you do this? I said, I'm going crazy. And he's like, oh, my gosh. He goes, no, 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 no. If you need to go to the store, go to the store. If you need to go to lunch, you get out and go to lunch. Just have your cell phone with yeah. you. You know, because I thought, well, work from home, man. I needed to be. Right. No, it's know, there, right there's some... There's some benefit if if you work it correctly, meaning like you said, you know, uh, and I think it's still important. I mean, if you were at work, would you get up every hour, every other hour to go walk around for 15 minutes, go take your break, go do something, you know? Um, exactly. You, you need to do that, right? If if you're, um, you get, you go to lunch, whether it's you leave for lunch, whether um, you cook lunch, you know, if you brought your lunch, you go to your break room, which may look very much like your kitchen table, but you know, whatever you normally do go go take that break but i i agree i think uh, depending on a person's work ethic it could really drag them into working more hours and doing more than they they normally would at work yeah i got to the point to where i was dreading conference calls because we would spend hours on conference calls when i think it could have been handled in an email but yeah but really is that much different than than uh, the bosses calling a meeting that really didn't need to be a meeting, right? I mean, I think that's, that's in, in we, we had a meeting to possibly schedule another future meeting about something we're gonna do. I, I don't care what, whether it's law enforcement business, I think that happens everywhere, so. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess the only difference with a conference call is you could, you could sort of roll your eyes and no one's really paying attention to that. <laughs> But, uh, you know, as we as we wrap up, um, uh, one of the things, uh, so to give a heads up for, for next week, uh, we're going to have uh, Jelly Rossi back on. Uh, there is a man that was convicted of murdering his wife who spent years in prison for that murder. 
and it was not until recently in which the evidence was reviewed again uh, and some testimony in reference to bloodstain evidence was given that um, was faulty, uh, came to conclusions that were not true, uh, which uh, seemed to be the nail in the coffin, the the uh, smoking gun that they used for the conviction. And since that, um, because of what they found, this person has been released from prison after, uh, I want to say it's 30 years, but we're going to go into great detail with that about about the murder, about how it came about of finding um, this person's trial and, and going through it and uh, how uh, Chelly was involved in, in working this case and ultimately... Uh, getting this person the freedom that uh, they deserved and uh, to get them out of prison and on with what is uh, left of their life after so many years of being uh, wrongfully convicted. So we'll be touching on that uh, next week. So Joe, as always, I always appreciate our conversations, your opinion, and I appreciate you uh, coming on today. And uh, as far as the audio is concerned we we also are out of the studio right now and and this is sort of being done remotely so uh hopefully when a lot of this is over we'll we'll have uh, a time uh in our case it's it's not so much the the distancing as it is just finding the time to to get down to the station and record so joe i appreciate you so much for uh coming on yeah absolutely danny thank you i'm looking forward to listening to kelly's uh report on that and i think you know just the way you were describing it sounds like you know the change in technology has had a big influence on you know cases like that and i can also see that in you know uh the arson and explosives side of my industry as well so yeah i'm really uh interested in hearing that and hopefully come back and talk to you some more about you know how that affects us as well. Yeah, we'll certainly look forward to you coming back. We uh, definitely are going to uh, tap your brain in reference to uh, uh, the explosives, the bomb squad, and, and arson investigation because I know that there's so many issues there, and we certainly want to discuss them with you. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. If there's a topic that you'd like to cover in future shows, if you'd like to be a guest or you'd like to sponsor the show, reach out to me at dan at crimescenetoday.com. Look forward to seeing you next week.